Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week are my good friends, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Igina. Good to be back. It is good to have you back, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo, the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. We have, it's good to have a visual this week. Yeah, for the first, it's the first time in three weeks, right? Yes. <laughs> it's good to see you again. <laughs> We've talked yeah, to yeah. you the last two weeks, but we have not we have not seen you. We've only heard yeah. the smooth vocal stylings, but none yeah. of the, none that, of the that, visuals. I must say, that beard in the last three weeks has grown tremendously. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, I said I was going to trim it when I got, not until I got under 200 pounds, which I am now. But I'm like not sure if I want to. And the crazy thing is, it's like truly a 50-50 split down the middle of people who are like, I love it, and people who are like, you need to to clean that thing up. So I can't even I like it. gauge interest from the outside. It's pretty even <laughs> as to whether people love it or hate it. Uh, yeah, it's getting all that gray in there. Like, I got one gray strand. I ain't trying to pluck it. I almost killed it. Yeah, I have like a bunch of gray on the chin. And then I have like little smatterings on like my cheeks and my neck. Um, Not enough salt, too much pepper. Yeah, well, soon I, I think soon there will be uh, there it, there will probably be a lot more salt in the coming years. I'm sure. Um, but we have our money in the bank preview. Uh, I know I personally am not uh, too excited or interested. I assume you guys probably don't feel too much differently than me. Before we get into anything, though, first, subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already, and also leave a five-star rating and review. And I guess what's probably the biggest story this week, and I don't know which one of you wants to discuss it first, but we officially had an announcement on All Elite Wrestling making a television deal with Turner Broadcasting. Uh, Who wants to take it first? Prep, so, give me your thoughts. I mean, we saw it coming a mile away. We kind of heard about this from the beginning. Uh, if I had to go to like the announcement portion of it, my favorite part was TNT's tweets or their their one tweet where they said like we're back in the wrestling business. I was pissed at say wrestling. Yeah, because that's, that's what I was just about to ask. Reminded me of that Vince quote. <laughs> Where Ted Turner goes up to him and says, oh, hey, Vince, I'm in the wrestling business. He's like, well, we're not in the same business then. <laughs> but that's good for them. Uh, I didn't get to look over, like, the the rights fees or whatever, like, the, the uh, specifics of the deal. But, hey, at least they're going to be on TV. I didn't see a lot of specifics, like, as far as anything. I didn't see anything about money. I didn't even see anything about, like, a day of the week. The only thing I saw was that it is speculated Tuesday nights, but I don't think it's official. Yeah, they didn't have an official day. It's going to be Tuesday or Wednesday. That's the rumored day. Which is good. I mean, 
Actually, honestly, Tuesday would probably, in my opinion, be the wrong day. Because... Especially for TNT, because of the NBA. Yeah, you know what? That's another thing that I... I wasn't even... Earlier today, I was thinking it's good for them because, like, next year when they're on, they're going to be getting ad time during the NBA playoffs. But how does TNT work around, like, we're supposed to be broadcasting NBA playoff games? Which typically will outdraw wrestling anyway. Yeah, well, Wednesday's perfect because TNT, they have the NBA on Thursdays and Tuesdays. And ESPN has the NBA on Wednesday. So Wednesday, I think, will be the perfect day for them. And then it gives you, like, a a day off from wrestling because Raw comes on Monday night. And this this show is supposedly going to be two hours long. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like that's a mistake on its own. Like... Uh. It's just you, you don't, don't worry. The first twenty minutes is just going to be being the elite, <laughs> and then the ten minutes after that is going to be road to double or nothing. Is are they going? Is there? Well, I guess they're not going to start until the fall, right? Yeah, the week the week SmackDown moves to Fox is the week that they're supposed to start. Well, it'll be interesting. Um, I have some some concerns personally, so. I will always be on the record as I am rooting for these guys. I want them to succeed. I want them to strike some level of fear in Vince, in Paul, in Stephanie. Uh, I was going to say in Brian Gerard James, but I believe he's no longer there, right? He's on hiatus. Um, <laughs> but I'm already like not excited about this because of the way they're promoting how they want to present it as – all wrestling based, like no soap opera storytelling. They're going to start having statistics and things like that and presented as competition. I'm like, I don't give a shit about that. Like, you're not going to put on a wrestling match that I pretty much haven't already seen before. I need, I personally need more than that. But I guess for them, it's probably smart in that it's going to appeal to like the hardcore people who are mad. I just know for me, it's like not something I'm going to be interested in watching. If I want competition, I'll watch the NBA or I'll watch MMA or I'll watch boxing. I don't need to watch wrestling for competition. Yeah, I don't see any way that they're going to do like no soap opera stuff. Like their brand thus far with like being the elite and how this all came about has been predicated on the way they storytell. So you can't tell me that you're going to not have so proper storytelling when you're telling a story that you don't even know. You're, t- you're starting a story now that you don't even know will ever even happen with Joey Ryan. Like, you keep asking, where's Candice LeRae? Everybody <laughs> knows where Candice LeRae is. Like, <laughs> and you're already booking her, like, five years in advance. What if she? What if she like becomes like the biggest woman star in the WWE? Like, you, what are they going to do then? And you're telling the right, they're never going to get her to come there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you think that that's just not true? That they're not focused on the entertainment part of it and solely the in-ring part of it? They're some of the most entertaining people in wrestling. Like, there's no way they're not going to be that. That And that's why I was, like, really taken aback by it. Because I'm like, part of the appeal of you is that you're entertaining. Like, that there's, like, a comedy element to what you guys do. There is 
like a storyline element to a lot of the stuff that you guys do. There's a lot of like character interaction stuff that you guys do that is like why people like you. And I'm like, why would you just choose to to make that not a priority? That that's why people care. Like how many times have we heard I think it was like a Dusty Rhodes quote like that people won't necessarily remember what you did, they'll remember how you made them feel. And wrestling matches for the most part are not going to make you feel that way unless there's something more than a wrestling match. So I I'm I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it from the start cuz I will. But I want something more than just you know 2 hours of of quote unquote good wrestling matches every week because I mean I can get one or two of those on Raw and SmackDown every week if I want to. But you're saying well, it's like uh, a false alarm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I I grew up prep. Like I think they kinda like worded it wrong or they just or they just said what's gonna attract more wrestling fans because remember, like at all in, like, they got people behind floating dicks and somebody <laughs> being resurrected by dicks. Like, really? And so the sports entertainment aspect is going to be there because, like Prep said, like, BME Elite, the Road to Double, nothing, all that stuff will be involved on this show. Now, Mike, well, I just want to congratulate them because the internet, when this first started, the internet deemed it as number two t-shirt company. They were, they, they, they were, they were destroying Brandy because she could, because she was a model and she posted bathing suit pictures saying what kind of COO post themselves and bathing suits and stuff. But you keep on posting queen, you do what you want. So I just want to keep, I just want to congratulate them. Hey, what's but, wrong with you that you don't want to see that? <laughs> exactly. Well, these wrestling nerds in their, in their damn basement, like, come on. But anyway, their mom won't let them my- look at girls in bikinis. <laughs> anyway, like like my main concern was all was always about the the ego thing because um all Cody and the Bucks and Kenny they're all involved and they all they're all um a part of the creative control and stuff. So my 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 my, my main concern was always about checking your egos at the door, make sure you're doing what's best for the company and nobody going to business for themselves, i.e. WCW, and everybody tried to book themselves at the top of the card and put themselves into in dominant situations. So that was always, always my main concern. And they seem, to, they seem to be surrounding themselves with people who know the business and, and who will help them actually flourish and, and succeed. Because I, I also talked about, like, when you have a business, you don't want to bring in your friends who never did anything about who never did anything about what you're selling or whatever because that if you do that then you're not going to succeed but they're putting people that have been in these positions in those spots in order for them to succeed because that's how that's the only way that they'll actually succeed is if you have people that are smarter than you and know what they're doing in those positions so th- th- those are always my main concerns about them but like I said I have no doubt that they'll succeed and. Two hours of television to fill on a weekly basis. It's not going to be great every week. You know, it's going to be hit or miss. And you know how I feel about uh, – like when it comes to the Bucks and Cody and, the, well, the entire elite cast, you know, um, being an elite for me is hit or miss some weeks. Uh, some people love them every week. But doing two hours of TV each week isn't going to be quite as easy as they probably think. You know, I think the Raiders will be there. 
you know. But I think everybody has to be patient with this. It's going to be a process, and I'm happy to see what, they, what I'm happy to see what's going to happen with these with this company. Uh, well, do we know what the weekly show is called yet? Whatever night dynamite. <laughs> and how is Jericho going to incorporate his name into it? That's one of the things I'm very much looking dynamite! forward to. <laughs> like, yeah, like, or will it just be like Wednesday Night Jericho? Is he going to start calling it All Elite Jericho? Or All Jericho Wrestling, Jericho Elite Wrestling? I don't know, but that like that's what I'm most excited about is to see Chris Jericho on my TV on a semi regular basis. What 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 do you uh, want to say, Prep? So we get to see Jericho in a couple weeks against Kenny, mm-hmm. and then like I think that next week or like two weeks later he's gonna face Okada in New Japan. Who? Okada. <laughs> no. Should I familiarize myself with whoever uh, that is? I just got the joke. The the clothesline guy, Pash. Oh, okay. Oh, the guy with the clothesline is a finisher. Nice. Yeah. The uh, guy who the whole crowd went wild when he changed back to his signature shorts. Oh, had he changed them? He was wearing, like, pants for a while. Re- like, what kind and, like, of pants? The internet, like a... Like a Rey Mysterio a la, like, 2000s Rey Mysterio. Like, baggy pants. <laughs> really? It's yeah. like an odd change. I mean, you know I'm all in support of anyone not wearing, like, uh, trunks. Like, let's retire yeah. those. It's 2019. We don't need to be wearing those anymore. Um, well, Patch, you're going to be wearing trunks soon. You keep getting so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be afraid of the trunks no more. You're not Cassius so no. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, I'm down to. You're pushing Randy Orton territory. Yeah, I'm down to 196 and a half. I think I've worked harder than Randy Orton does. Unfortunately, from what I've heard, is like that's just like his natural physique, which really it's just genetics. That really pisses me off that somebody could just be like, "Oh, this is what I look like." But look at his dad. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, his dad didn't have that physique, so I don't know. His, his mom must have been jacked. I never saw what his mom looked like, so I don't know. Um, but, yeah, AEW, like I said, I have some, like, concerns. You guys talk me off the ledge a little bit. But, I'm like, I'm excited that it has officially happened. I'm excited that they're on, like, a real network that people have on their TVs and that they actually watch. And I'm excited for, like, there's programming on there that's going to help them get more advertising. Yeah, and, um... I'm, last week you brought up about it won't catch WWE's attention until they start getting like national the, headlines and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. So it's, it was just small, but Brandy was in Sports Illustrated. It's like a, a she had a page in Sports Illustrated talking about AEW. And um, so one of the exact things uh, I said that sports when they get in Sports Illustrated yeah. <laughs> instead of like yeah. their own people, they're yeah they're not going to like that at all. Yeah, and like we said last week. uh WWE is always going to be king because of everything else. You know, I think AEW will force them to end up. I think AEW will force them to change the way they do TV, but that won't be until down the road. But WWE is going to be king because of everything else that they do. I remember last week I also mentioned that everything else except for the weekly television shows, Raw and SmackDown, are good in WWE. And you know what the best program in WWE produced this week was? What's that? Miz and Mrs. (laughs) Prep, have you ever watched Uh, it? 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, Alo loves Marjo. Yo, she is so good. She is so good. So, basically, the synopsis for this episode was Marjo wanted to get her Instagram followers up. So, okay. Maurice had to, like, get her her bathing suit and take, like, sexy pictures and stuff like that. And the best part was Dolph Ziggler slid into Marjo's DMs. Love it. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> So Nick good. slid into those DMs? Yes, so good. <laughs> I uh so good. if you remember the one episode I watched, Marjo got naked. Yeah, so good. <laughs> so good. Yo, but in all honesty, like I love I love that show. Like it, it was really good this week. But did anybody get to see Holy Grail? No. No. So it was that it was the story of that Bret Hart Tom McGee match. Oh yeah, I and saw WWE it. WWE made it like a Twitter. whole documentary. Mm-hmm. Because so Kyle good. Was, the documentary Kyle or the match? Uh, well, the match is a match from 1985. Right. That and that's kind of what I figured. Like similar but to us guy, watching Tom like Dynamite McGee Kid. Was so ahead of his time. He was like Ricochet. Really. Yeah, yeah, I had, like, like the main no thing interest. that people show is that flip thing that he does, like. What was that on? It was, like, a TV taping. It was a dark match. So it was nothing that, like, aired on WWE TV ever? No. Nope. Hmm. Wasn't Conrad going to air that a StarCast with Brett? Uh, yeah, they show? still are. They're going to do a thing together with yeah, Brett and Tom McGee. Yeah, that's what I thought, because WWE saw that Conrad was going to do that at StarCast, so they just had to bring it out themselves first. <laughs> let's get it, Let's get on this gravy train before anybody else does. Well, I think they paid the lady to get it back. Oh, really? If, if, if they had to, of course they did. Um, last thing about AEW, before, before we move on, and this is more just kind of like... I'm going to ask you guys, maybe we could call this like a prediction or like just a gut feeling. I want to say like back 20, 25 years ago, Raw and Nitro kind of set the template for what a wrestling TV show looks like on TV. And pretty much every other smaller promotion, for the most part, just kind of copies that format. Like it all kind of looks like a lesser produced version of what WWE does. It looks like a lesser produced version of what you see on Monday night every week and Tuesday night every week. Do you think AEW is going to make an effort to make it look different on TV than what we're used to for wrestling programming, or do you think it'll kind of be similar to what we're already seeing? I know it's a hard thing to answer, but I feel like there's an opportunity to make a change that people will be excited about. Well, if you base it off of, like, their press conferences and even, like, all in, you got to believe that they're just going to follow the template. Like, maybe they'll do the stuff that WWE doesn't do anymore, like pyro and, you know, curse words once in a while. (laughs) So we may have pyro and profanity. Two of the Ps, profanity and pyro. Maybe I can't maybe for that pay per view. <laughs> yeah. And they also went on during 
the media day today for TNT. They also said the promos won't be scripted. But um, it's kind of hard to answer that question, Patch, but I don't think they can really do much different because it's wrestling, you know, <laughs> but so much you could do. Like, I'm sure like they'll have like, presentations and everything. It, it can't look like Ring of Honor. It can't. It has to look like WWE or close to it. And I believe that it will because of where it's at and who's, who's, who's involved in being with Tony as Tony Khan is. And the only company that really does stuff different with wrestling and made it, made, made it look a bit cinematic with Lucha Underground and Impact does that with their backstage phones. That has like a different camera feel for it. But I think they'll just stick to the basics for the most part. But as long as it looks good and it's in like high resolution, I think they'll just stick to the basics. I can't imagine TNT putting a wrestling show on that looks like like old school WCW look like. Like I, I don't foresee that. I think it is going to look like modern. I, I can't imagine them skimping out on the, the actual appearance of it. Um so another thing I wanted to get into was there was a story I think I might have seen it the day after we recorded last week that apparently Vince fired like a top writer. I guess it was off of Raw. Apparently he he got into a huge argument with Vince because Vince ordered like two hours before the show to rewrite the entire script of the episode. He stormed out, went home, and they fired him for leaving. So the, the fir- my first thought is just to laugh when I see stories like this. Like, I'm happy that everyone is so unhappy there because it seems like an awful place to be. And then the other thing I'm thinking is like, well, this this doesn't make any difference. Like, the writing sucks. This guy leaving, like, this guy being there didn't make it any better than it was. Him being gone isn't going to make it any worse. Do you think we have to wait until AEW, until AEW gets on the map, like, with episodes airing, before they really care? Uh, or do you have any thoughts at all on, like, all of the dysfunction and discord happening in WWE. Nah, it is what it is. Hopefully all this turnover makes the show better. I don't care that they got fired. Maybe the show will be better. <laughs> Alo, I know you said you had a, at least some type of comment about this story or related yeah, I had to a fo- it. Yeah, I had a follow-up to that because, well, as you always said, as I've stated, I talk about from time to time, I don't blame the writers anymore. I blame Vince because he has final say. And earlier today, it got it got reported that a close friend of three of the writers that recently left called in the Wade Keller's talk show, and he made he said some things that the three writers, well, the actually current writers in WWE, that the three writers have told him about what's going on backstage. So I just highlighted a few a few to talk about. And one of the first ones is WWE's problems are not the fault of the writers. No one should rip on WWE creative. They have some of the most brilliant, unbelievable, cool ideas that I've ever heard, he was told. We're writing for an audience of one and never forget that. The most frustrated person in the back every single night is Triple H. He always, he'll always take especially the NXT guys under his wing. It looks like he's considering that. He's cons- consoling them. It looks so much like he was the most frustrated person in the building every single night. The wild call rule was not in the script of the morning of the show. The superstar shakeup changed week to 
changed week to week and it didn't pan out how it was originally laid out months prior. Everything changed because Vince just decided to change it. I got some more stuff, too. <laughs> and there's more. There's, there's, there's more. Vince wants suggestions from everybody, but it never gets on TV. 99 out of 100 times, you can come up, you can come up with an idea for Vince, and it won't be used. The entire creative team has pitched to have Raw and Smack that look completely different with different production, a different way of shooting things, etc. And Vince shoots them down. Vince Man doesn't keep track of what's going on with NXT. He maybe watches takeovers. The writer, the writer he talked to said, we're all working for Dana Warrior and it's very awkward. Wait, we're all what about Dana Warrior? Working for Dana Warrior. Oh. Dana Warrior is reportedly the head of creative. The WWE Fox contract prohibits Fox from moving the show to Fox Sports 1, even if the ratings drop. One of the writers is very close to quitting because he is so unbelievably unhappy, and many of the writers are paranoid and think they're so close to being fired. It's such a toxic atmosphere, and it's all because of one person. The writers say Bruce Pritchard is a pleasure to work with. He's a funny guy and a pleasure to work with, but he's not getting through the vent. Shane McMahon, Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon have tried to talk to Vince, but it hasn't worked. The people on the writing staff, you'll pop for this one. <laughs> Listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and, breaks, and, and, and they listen to podcasts and it breaks their heart from what they're hearing. You'll appreciate this one too, Beth. On Sami Zayn. That's not Sami Zayn's promo. That's the Vince McMahon <laughs> talking through Sami Zayn. <laughs> And I, I told I sent, I sent you the, the Andrade comments earlier about how Vince had learned English. So, and the Firefly Funhouse stuff is all Bray Wyatt's idea. Bray, Bray is described as an absolute genius, and he helps other wrestlers with their promo. He's one of the best guys in the locker room. So, so yeah. That's everything going on in WWE. Yeah, I'm not Her surprised. To, to quote Nate Diaz, I'm not surprised. Uh, doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, I'm glad you brought up Bray Wyatt because, like, okay, so we all know the dysfunction going on within WWE. And everything that Bray Wyatt is doing right now, he's getting help from people who don't work for WWE. Like, affects people from outside and, like, people who work on horror stuff from outside and production teams from outside. And to me, it's like when I did not know that was the case, it felt different than everything else I watch. And now that I know that it's different, I'm like, this makes sense that like, this is the one thing. And it's funny because it's like the one thing that I'm like clinging on to as like, I'm looking forward to this every week and hoping that it, it's not the week that I, that I stopped liking it. Um, I'm happy that, that Bray was able to pitch it to Vince. I'm happy that Bray was able to find people to help him create a vision that Vince would actually accept that they could get on TV. It seems to me like they're really letting him do what he wants to do and they're not rushing it. Uh, And obviously that could change at any time. Uh, Prep, I'm not sure that I've gotten to really talk to you about the Bray Wyatt stuff. What are your thoughts on the Bray Wyatt segments that we've seen up to this point? 
So I really like the way Bray Wyatt stuff. I I think it's different enough to like where nobody's really seen something like this, but he has that split personality stuff that we've seen before from other characters. I just really enjoy his delivery so far, especially like when he gets into like the serious part. And like that new I think his new look that he debuted was awesome. It kind of has like that feel from a few seasons ago of American Horror Story and then like Slipknot sort of. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of into it. Besides the ill-fitting like striped pants. <laughs> yeah, I, I did uh, cringe at the striped pants a little bit. But, but the rest not, of it was so good that it was like not worth being upset about. Yeah, it's not like he's a style icon. Come on, the guy still wears boot-cut true religion jeans. <laughs> yeah, so like this week was... It's weird. It's like we got the most we've ever gotten with the least that they've ever done. Like... The segments have all been, like, full of him talking up to this point and, like, talking to the puppets or talking to the audience or having kids there. And this was literally him hiding, saying, like, I am ready to show you my secret. And then we see the look. There, like, wasn't a lot to it, but it was, like, a big reveal. Like, this definitely pushed it significantly forward. So, Alo, I know we've talked about it the last few weeks. We both have said... We like how they're unveiling it a little bit at a time. Are you still like as invested in it now as you have been the last couple of weeks? And do you like the look? Yeah, I like the look because like that legit kind of creeped me out. That mask <laughs> was like pretty like creepy looking, but they did get me there. And like even the concept art came out this past week after Raw as well. And um, I told you I texted you this earlier that you you find it some music. I have a friend who has a one-year-old daughter, and he was watching Raw. And when the Firefly Funhouse is, he sent me a video. She's all into it. <laughs> so it's over with the kids. <laughs> yeah, but he told me because he told me after because remember it came on and he showed it twice. So yeah. on Monday, she he said like the the um, the Funhouse part was on. She was like in front of the TV and stuff like that. And then when he transformed, like, she lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and then then yesterday he sent me a video of her, like, in front of the TV again. And then he turned it off right when he's about to turn. <laughs> I love that. So it's, all, it's over with the baby. But, yeah. yeah, I'm, like, I'm invested in this. Like, I think this is, this is the best thing in WWE right now. And... Like we said, it's not, it's not involving it didn't involve anybody from WWE except for Bray Wyatt, right? Like the one I'm guy. In, <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested to see like if this is just like his true formate true formation now, or he'll go back and forth with like the whole uh, Jekyll Hyde thing. But I'm interested because like this, like even him showing his true his true face that even lead, that 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 even lead, leads to something intriguing because you go like, okay, is this an every week thing? It's going to go back to the regular Bray Wyatt or what? So there's a lot of questions to be answered, but I, I really enjoyed it on Monday night. Yeah, how long before some SJW parent gets upset that their kid got scared so they write an email to Snickers? <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't <laughs> happened already. Like, that was honestly one of my first thoughts, is, like, parents are going to complain about this. You know what, though? Like, I almost feel like... 
WWE needs something like that. Like to make them feel like there is still an edge to it. Or because honestly, when like the Catholic Church will come out against some movie or some TV show, it always makes it perform better. Like it, it generates interest in the thing that they're complaining about. It almost defeats their own purpose. So I almost feel like that would help WWE if they started getting like complaints that people are aware of because it will make them tune in to see what this thing is that's getting people all up in arms. And the other thing that I'm really excited about, and I don't know if either of you saw this. I know, Alo, you said you saw the concept art. The guy who designed the mask, I think his name is Tom Savani. He's worked with Slipknot before and, like, done some of their stuff. He apparently posted something on Facebook either yesterday or today saying how excited he is about this whole thing. Like, he was like, I've been wanting to talk about this for weeks, but I had to keep my mouth shut until the mask was unveiled. And, like, I'm so excited with this creation that Bray Wyatt came up with. I'm so excited that, like, I'm involved in it. And I can't wait to see how much more there is because he basically said there's like so much more you haven't seen yet. So like that makes me really excited that a guy who's not working for WWE is like, I can't wait till you guys get to see the rest of this. It'd be one thing if it's like Vince talking about it or Triple H talking about it. But having somebody who's not really part of the company excited for it, like that tells me that this has to be something that's going to be good. And like that, that's the one I don't care about money in the bank this week. I'm just curious to see the next, the next piece of this Bray Wyatt thing next week. Um, any more comments on Bray Wyatt before we get into money in the bank? I got I'm good. nothing. Okay. So I think I'm going to have to bid you guys adieu <laughs> because I have zero interest in money in the bank. <laughs> Hey, like how much? Dying over here. Yeah. Well, I, I know you've uh, you've already had a busy evening, and I don't blame you for being disinterested. Alo, <laughs> <laughs> before prep goes, your level of interest this week in Money in the Bank between zero and ten. Zero. <laughs> I am also at a zero. Prep, are you at a zero? I'm at a zero, but the best part is that I get to listen to a preview from the two-man power trip. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, an unexpected two-man power trip. Well, Prep, thank you for the time that you did put in tonight. Get some rest, and uh, look forward to having you back next week. Yeah, man. Be safe, guys. Thanks. Do my best. All right, Prep. All right. So, so Alo. Even, I'm sorry, Pastor. Even my queen can't save money in the bank for me, even though she is money. <laughs> she is money, but yeah, there's nobody that could that could save this. Um, as we all we both said, and as Preps said, echoed, zero uh, percent interest in this. Honestly, I'm so disinterested in my notes. I didn't even write down the names of the participants in the money in the bank matches. I just wrote <laughs> men's money in the bank, women's money in the bank. Uh, we might as well just start with those. The first thing is, do you have any hope that the briefcase slash contract will play an entertaining role for either gender in the next few months? Uh, I think that see, so I have. I'm not sure what your predictions are, but for me, I think Sami Zayn will win the men's Money in the Bank. 
per him being Vince <laughs> as the reports as the reported card said on Wake Color Show, that's Vince and Sami Zayn's body. But um I love I that Vince things. stole my whole act and is now tra- yeah. now they're trying to say that's Vince. No, it's not Vince. Yeah, it, it is me. And I and I love the fact that the writers admit to listen to podcasts. That that's <laughs> So Brian Gerard, <laughs> it's, it's real. It's for real. Yeah. But, yeah, I have Sami Zayn winning, and I think that he'll, he has, the, he has the, the best way to make this very entertaining because since he's come back, he's basically been bashing the fans on a week-to-week basis. He's been the highlight of Raw for me other than Lacey Evans, and everything he's done has been has been a hit up the park. Even – Last week on SmackDown, when he almost won the, won the WWE title, I thought he had a great showing. And you talked about a few weeks ago back that he'll be like the perfect foil for uh, Seth Rollins in the future. So I think that it depends on who wins. But I have Sami Zayn winning. So if he wins, I think it'll make an impact. If anybody else wins, I don't think so. But the only thing I like about this is there's only one former world champion in this match. So we're kind of good. We're kind of guaranteed something fresh for the most part, unless it's Drew Galloway, who's been in, in the near, near the main event for the past year. Right. Uh, I agree with you. I, and maybe I don't even necessarily think Sami Zayn is going to win. I more like just want him to win because he has been consistently entertaining. I care more about him than anyone else involved in the match. And like you said, I, I think if anyone is going to be entertaining parading around with that briefcase, it's him. Like it's it's one of the things I said. Like I would love to see him be in a prominent position. Like if he can say like I hate all of you and I'm your champion. If he can talk about how much he hates everybody and say like I'm almost definitely going to be your champion because I have this contract. I think it makes that whole thing even more entertaining. I think we kind of already know what we're getting from like a match perspective. We've seen enough of these to kind of know what to expect. Is there anyone, like, other than you predicting Sami Zayn to win, is there anyone that you think may, like, steal the show in this match? Or do you think we'll kind of get a generic, oh, yeah, I, f- I kind of forgot that this is his first time doing something like this in WWE. Yeah, yeah, it is, but at the same time, well, despite, well, not counting his NXT ladder right. match that he had last year, but a lot of these matches, they do they have become generic because we see them so often, so it might not be nothing special, but... If anybody's going to shine in that match, I think it'll be Ricochet. Uh, I agree. I forgot he was even in it, so that makes sense. I'm glad I asked the question then, because he he does make sense to uh, to steal the show. Women's Money in the Bank match. Who is all in it? Huh. I I might have to Google this. That's what so, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> there's such little interest. We don't even know okay. who's in these matches. <laughs> uh, Alexa from Raw. Natty, Dana Brooke, Naomi, SmackDown, Mandy Rose, Bailey, Ember Moon, Carmella. All right. So, obviously, they don't have, like, the excitement of it being the first one like they did last year. They, they won't get, like, the extra few days or a few weeks of interest out of people being outraged that James Ellsworth grabbed the briefcase <laughs> in the first ever women's money in the bank match. That was so good. It was. Uh, Still. 
now we had a similar concern about the women, or at least I did. I don't remember if everybody shared this. Had a concern about the women's Royal Rumble being entertaining because, like, they had already done it. A lot of the surprises we were going to get, we probably had seen the year before, and it would kind of just take away from it. Do you think they have a chance to have, like, a really good women's Money in the Bank match, or do you think that last year's was had so much notoriety for being the first and for the way it finished that there's no way they could really compete with it. Like, do you think they can generate that level of interest coming out of it like they did last year? No, because actually, this is actually the fourth one because remember they did the first one a couple of years ago, then they had to redo because of the, the Ellsworth backlash. And then last year, so this is, this is, oh, is that two years fourth. ago with Ellsworth. Yeah. Hold on, who who won the the Money in the Bank last year? Alexa, she cashed in in the Nia Ronda match. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about that. Oh, so I guess it's yeah. Now it's just routine then that they have one every year. Yeah, yeah, but this match is lacking the star power because Dana <laughs> Brooke is replacing Sasha Banks and like Mandy Rose being involved and uh, uh, Dana Brooke. You know, it's, it's not the most intriguing on paper for a ladder match because, like I said, it's lacking the star power. So I have no idea what to expect out this match, but I don't really think this will really be anything special. I think this might this will end up being the worst out of the four. Do you think there's a chance that this, like, Ember Moon can have a performance that, that like, I don't want to say puts her on the map, but similar to, like, Kofi had the, the, the performance that got, that, like, got him basically a world title push out of nowhere. Is there any chance this is like an opportunity for Ember Moon? Because to me, from an in-ring aspect, she is she's the one the one person capable of like blowing the roof off the place. Do you think there's any chance that we get that out of her? Or do you think it's just destined for someone other than her to win and she can't really win over that fan support? Yeah, there's a there's a chance for her to sh- to be the to be the breakout in this match. I think the breakout the breakout performance in this match is going to end up being her or Naomi, because those I think those are those are two of the better workers and the more athletic mm-hmm. that are involved in the match. So I expect most of the spots come out of the, come from those two. But I don't think she'll end up winning. Unfortunately, I want her to win, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be Mandy Rose because that'll be what I annoys too. me the most. So you you are in too. agreement with that as well. Yeah, I said that a couple of weeks ago, and like some of the, some of the seeds they said they said on SmackDown. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but um, they lost Mandy and Sonya lost to the Kabuki Warriors. <laughs> I did not see this. <laughs> oh, oh my God! When, I, when Paige said it, I I almost broke. I almost broke my. my <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Vince! So that's what they're calling them. Yes, that's their tag team name, the Kabuki Warriors. So you can't so be, you can't be. What were they? War Machine. Yeah, but you well, can't be warriors. The you can't you can't be the. That's so stupid. It is. It's, it's terrible. So you like, can't like have the word brother, war in your name, but you can be have a racist warrior's name. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, Vince. But yeah, so they they ended up losing to Oscar and. Uh, Kyrie Sane on SmackDown, and there's been tension between the two. And Manny's been basically talking about branching off, and Sonya actually kind of gave Manny the spot to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match anyway. So I believe it's going to be Manny Rose. 
Yeah, I have I have like no doubt. Um, so now getting into the non Money in the Bank themed matches, I guess we'll start with Becky since she has two of them defending the Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans, defending the SmackDown Championship against who else but Charlotte? Uh, who else w- would she ever defend it against? Um, I think, and now this this may uh, take some of the steam out of the prediction aspect of it, but I think like the fact that WWE has officially acknowledged Becky and Seth Rollins as a couple <laughs> means for sure she's going to be on Raw uh, when the time comes. And I think to me that really hammers home that she's going to retain the Raw Championship and Charlotte will win her ninth Women's Championship on SmackDown. So I'll ask you a, a, a multifaceted question. First, how do you feel like they have built these two stories? And two, do you agree with that fact of which one she's going to keep and which one she's going to lose? Or do you think maybe she does retain both? And answer that in whatever well, order you want. Uh, well, I like the Lacey Evans one because a lot all, all the Lacey Evans stuff is basically new to us if you haven't watched NXT. And she's actually talking way more and she's had a more prominent role. Uh, I did love her promo <laughs> against Becky during the contract signing. And like I said, I love when she just says, you nasty. But <laughs> the whole Becky versus Charlotte thing, they had a video package on SmackDown highlighting that this has been happening since SummerSlam. when It was actually relevant. And believe it or not, that's nine months ago. So we've, we've been seeing this almost on a week-to-week basis for nine months. So I'm kind of tired of it. So there's, there's nothing to really go off of anymore for me. So I'm just completely like taken, taken away from anything involving those two, but I am I am looking forward to Lacey Evans one. And I'm up in the air about about who retains well which title she ends up retaining because I think the SmackDown roster is way more lackluster than the role. Well actually since Sasha's been gone Yeah, I guess you're right. I think you're right. But I don't I'm not sure if Charlotte ends up winning. I may be a cash in but at the same time that happened last year. During the show, so I don't, so I I really don't know. They might pull a fast one and just have a retain both titles. That would be the one thing that could salvage Mandy Rose. As much as I don't want to see Mandy Rose as a champion because I think she sucks and she's boring, I would at least rather see someone new get it and see like that immediate cash in. Like, at least it would throw us off of we just have to see the inevitable Charlotte ninth title reign. Like, we know we're going to get it eventually. <clears throat> I, I would rather see that than see Charlotte win. But I do think they're not going to keep Becky on both shows too much longer, probably not after this week. And I think there's <clears throat> they're obviously not going to split up her and Seth on different shows uh, because Seth does speak English. So, <laughs> so my my prediction for these one, you're right. I I think any of the stuff with Becky and Lacey is inherently more entertaining than anything with Becky and Charlotte because we've seen it so much. But I I believe Becky will retain the Raw title and stay on Raw and leave SmackDown. And I believe 
Charlotte will win or we will get a cash in. Like you said, I really didn't even consider that. So what are your official predictions for the two Becky matches? I think she's going to retain both. I would personally, I would love that. She could actually get cashed in on cash in on SmackDown, but she could also say that she defended them both successfully at money in the bank. And that's what I want. Like, I, I feel like it just doesn't happen enough. Like it happened with Seth and it really bothered me. I, I really would like to see her. She's had them both for a little over a month. I would like to see her get to at least retain both on the first night. She defends both of them. I think that to me solidifies the Becky two belts gimmick. If she goes into a pay-per-view and actually defends both of them. So that would be what I'd love to see. I just don't think they care enough about those details to make that happen. How confident are you in your feeling that she defends both? I'm pretty confident now because like I, said, I don't think they'll do a repeat what they did last year. And this whole thing has been about the two belts. And like she had a dual contract signing. And first, I love Becky said your twin sister when they, went, they had the promo. But yeah, the, the whole thing has been about the two titles. Mm-hmm. So I think that she'll successfully defend them just to say she didn't, but end up dropping one maybe on SmackDown or a couple weeks after. Uh, yeah, I, I really hope that that, that, that is the case. Um, that's a good reason to, to think that. Uh, the, the WWE Championship match, Kofi Kingston defending against the artist formerly known as Big O, Kevin Owens. <laughs> I did see that Sami Zayn got involved this week I I don't know what I could say about the storytelling other than on record as saying how much I loved uh, Kevin Owens with the New Day was devastated to see it end so quickly although I don't think they had much of a choice and I, I believe that the match is going to be very good there are two guys who are really good in the ring I think it'll be a fun match I really personally like both of these guys. I did think it was interesting that Kevin Owens did an interview where he talked about he wished he got to to hold off a little bit before making the turn. That he like wanted people to get to see him not be a villain. I was surprised that he even said that. Uh, so Kevin Owens obviously agrees with us that Big O should have lasted longer. Do you think that hurt this at all that it happened so quick? Um... Yeah, kind of, because I think we could have actually got like a, a more of a brutal beatdown than we got from a few weeks ago. But that's about it. Like, we knew that money in the bank was coming, and that would be his first challenge after Brian didn't end up coming back. But so, me personally, I wanted at least two weeks longer out of it. Yeah, I think they could have gotten a lot more comedy out of it. They could have gotten more story out of it. And like you said, the turn could have been more impactful. Um, I don't think they're going to take the belt off of Kofi for Kevin Owens. Before just a prediction, though, how long do you foresee Kofi being the champion? That's interesting because as much as we love Kofi, it just doesn't feel like he's important. And we, that was one of our main concerns before WrestleMania when we knew they would end up putting the title on him. So... I don't know, because SmackDown doesn't really have any real big names. And, you know, 
they're doing this whole wild card rule now, and basically, essentially, the brand split's just about over now because we saw Roman Reigns on Raw for the last two weeks, and Sami Zayn comes up, and now they're another. Oh, he's the final wild card, and stuff like that. So I don't know. I guess whenever they're ready to put the put the title on Roman, but I think it's smart to keep Roman away from it. But I don't know because I do expect because I've been going back and forth about who, about who's going to win this match. So you're not confident that Kofi retains. No, because I can easily see them taking the title off of Kofi, and like we also said before WrestleMania, okay, you got your run, now give it to somebody else. Because that, because like <clears throat> Kevin Owens actually looks look, would feel like the champion. That I mean that <clears throat> that's a shame to me, but yeah, like I, that was always my concern. Like, all right, we did it, we gave it to you, like that's enough. It reminds me of like. A sports reference, Michael Vick back in, I don't know, maybe like 2006 or seven. people were questioning him as a passer. Like, you're just a runner, you're, you're not a passer, your completion percentage is like 51%, you're averaging like 120 passing yards per game. He comes out one game and throws for 300 yards, and he's like, there, I showed you, like, I'm a great passer. And it's like, whoa, you did it one time, dude, like... Don't act like all of a sudden you're Dan Marino because you did it one time. And, like, that's what this feels like to me. It's like, all right, we did it. See, you can't criticize us anymore for not having African-American champions. And then they take it off from the first opportunity they get. I would be disappointed if they did that. And that's nothing against Kevin Owens because I really do love that guy and I'm happy that he's back. Uh, But what is your prediction? Um, I'll go with Kofi. I'm going to go with Kofi as well, just because I I feel like it would be wrong to take it off him this fast. And how about the previous champion, Daniel Bryan, goes from WWE champion at WrestleMania to the pre-show at Money in the Bank. <laughs> how the mighty have fallen. Yes. And it's a shame because, like, I feel like we all had gotten so on board with, like, Daniel Bryan. Like, it's, it's crazy because as much as we can criticize the show and how poor the, the work is that they, that they do creating the show, we all fell in love with Kofi, but I feel like those few weeks with Kofi and Daniel Bryan, like we all got really invested in the Daniel Bryan villain character. And now yeah. it's just like, that's done too. He's just like, okay, he's tag team champion with Rowan, and, and no, I feel like nobody really cares. Yeah, but see, those two together are actually fun. So I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But like the whole, you go from main, well, headlining, well, not even headlining, being a prominent part of WrestleMania to the to the pre-show the next month. Yeah, um, literally the next pay-per-view, you've fallen from a championship, a champion on WrestleMania to pre-show the next month. Uh, AJ and Seth. So I really have not watched anything involving these two. I know they did a contract signing like two weeks ago, or last week, I guess it was. Did they do anything this week? No. There's, they, not, there's nothing really... Have they built this at all? There's nothing to go off of. Not much. Like, they didn't even really... Like, I know your big thing was like, AJ's going to be the heel in this match, but like, they didn't even do that, did they? Well, AJ actually left them during a tag match last week, and which caused Baron Corbin to beat Seth, but there is not nothing really to go off of this week at all. 
And I'm just saying this right now. I think Brock's coming back. Because <laughs> they're saying his name way too much. And that's what they did do on World. They, they had a video package highlighting the two of them. And then all you kept hearing, and even the contract contract signing in the week prior, all you kept hearing was Seth say, I slayed the beast. I beat Brock Lesnar. You heard that constantly. So I honestly think Brock's coming back during this match. Because he's already booked for the, he's already booked for, uh, the next Saudi show. And who knows what he's going to end up doing there. Honestly, so th- this tells you how bad it is. It doesn't even piss me off because I'm like, I just, I, I don't invest anything into it anymore. So go ahead. You want to bring him back? You want to make him your champion? Go ahead. I won't even complain anymore because you've made me not care at all. I think from a match perspective, we will get a fun match from these two because how could you not? But I have no like emotional investment or attachment in this. And maybe that will make me like this match even more because I'm not going into it with like a big expectation. I think Seth is going to retain the title. What is what is your prediction for, for this one? I don't think there'll be a finish at all. But if I had to pick a winner, I'll just say Seth. But I honestly don't think there'll be a finish. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you may be right. Like I said, I didn't even think about that because I didn't even watch any of the stuff between these two. Uh, the Miz versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. Did we need this rematch? They didn't take advantage of... Well, I think we did because of the way Shane ended up winning at, at WrestleMania. But the, the the feud lost so much steam. It's just been sneak attacks for the last couple of weeks. But I, we did need it. But we talked about earlier about the writing and... And it's all about Vince, and everybody has all these ideas and stuff like that. So this could have been really good because the lead at the WrestleMania was really good, but they lost all the steam post WrestleMania for this. It's kind of how I feel too. Like I remember coming out of WrestleMania saying that was like one of my absolute favorite matches of the night. I I really loved it, and it's just unfortunate that like, and even the the next night or whatever it was, Tuesday night, like the way they kind of played it out, the aftermath of it, I really liked. And it just, I, it, it's so crazy that like none of us really cared about a lot of stuff leading up to WrestleMania. I feel like WrestleMania had a bunch of high points and a lot of stuff we were really positive about. And then over the course of the last five or six weeks, they've managed to like make us not care about any of it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like none of it. It's sad. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, this is another one. I know Shane is probably going to do something crazy. I assume the Miz is going to win this, and I, I think we'll enjoy it. My question is: We've been talking, I think, for two years about the Miz needing to be a world champion, like deserving it, and he would be good as a world champion. They obviously have missed the boat on that for two years. Do you see him coming out of this? Competing for something more than what he is right now. Like, no. do, do you do you see them ever making him a world champion again? Because I, I really think that's a shame if he isn't. No, <laughs> I I want it so bad for the Miz because he did a one he did a complete one eighty on a lot of people 
when we first started this show. When Maurice first came back, that was maybe his best run that he had. Like he got you to actually care about Dolph Ziggler. But if that if there was any time to put up the title on him, it was in 2016 and 2017. Now, not so much. Now they're just happy with him being like he's a guy that we know people know. He's a guy we that got him his own show. Yeah, he's a guy that we know people will watch his show with his wife. We don't need to really worry. Like he's already what he is. Like that's unfortunately the the place that he's gotten in. I mean, I wasn't a fan of the Miz when we started this podcast in early 2016. It wasn't until I realized the role he played in the Jericho AJ Styles story leading up to WrestleMania that I was like wait a minute, this guy's actually really good. Like, I actually appreciate what he does. He's very good on the mic. He's a very good character. And the fact that when I'm watching his matches, I actually want to see him lose, like, that tells me this guy is doing a good job at what he's supposed to do. And in a lot of ways, when they weren't ready to really let AJ talk a lot yet, he did a lot of that stuff. Like, he made up a lot of that, like, dead air that we would have had on TV. Yep, so, I agree. But like, you're right. Like I complete one. Even Eric, who yes. is like the most it notorious. Yeah, it took longer for him. But even he has like, you know, I respect what the guy has done and like what he does now. So I, I think he deserves it, but I, I'm afraid that you are right, that they they know that it's not necessary to do it and they have no real like desire to do it. And now, like, after this, it's like, well, now what do you do with him? He's just, like, a guy who's just lost in the shuffle forever now? Yeah, well, they have that good old wild card rule, so who knows? He might end up doing something on SmackDown. But, yeah, if there was a time to put the title on him, it was two to three years ago. Or I feel like he should have won it during the day, like, right when Daniel Bryan came back. I think that That was the thing we were talking about. I think we all said he should win Money in the Bank. Yeah. He, he should either win money in the bank and then compete against Daniel Bryan for the title or Miz wins the title and then Daniel Bryan wins money in the bank. I don't remember how we had it worked out back then. But that was the time we all felt like he should be absolutely champion and they just, they obviously never did it. Uh, we have three more matches. I don't have like any thoughts on either of the three of them. So if you have any, you could obviously feel free. To add them, we have Roman versus Elias, we have Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio, and we have Tony Nese versus Arya Davari. Do you have any like thoughts, feelings, emotions, attachment to any of these three matches? I don't, but I'll say one thing about Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio, and this goes hand in hand with the, what we talked about earlier about the writers and Vince not not caring what they want to do. This could have been so good because it, with the ingratiation of Dominic, because Dominic is signed with WWE and Joe did have an interaction with him a couple weeks ago backstage when Rey Mysterio sent him to get some water. And I thought it, I thought if Dominic actually got physical with Samoa Joe, that would actually, well, Samoa Joe got Samoa Joe got physical with Dominic. I thought that would get way more heat on Joe and sympathy for Rey Mysterio in this match. But now that this match just seems like. It's just something thrown together. It's basically it's a WrestleMania rematch, but it doesn't really have any stakes at all. So basically you're saying another instance where they dropped the ball. 
Yeah, because this could have been really good. Like, we could have got Joe choking out Dominic, and that would be like a great fight and something to add to the feud, but there's not much to go off on the feud. So who wins that match? Joe. So we're in agreement on that one. Roman and Elias, I believe Roman will Roman. win. And Roman. Nice and Davari, I believe Nice retains. Unless they're yeah. doing something with Arya Davari that, that I'm not aware of, which is possible. But <laughs> Tony Nice. So basically we are, again, another example of how predictable and boring that this is. That we are in 100% agreement on every match. The only thing we didn't completely agree on was I said Seth Rollins retains. And you believe we don't get a finish to the match. Which it really isn't even a disagreement on that. Like we're, it's not like we have two separate guys we think is going to win. And I don't feel any lack of confidence in any of those finishes. Like That's exactly how I believe it will come across uh, when we wake up on Monday morning. Are you planning to watch this show live? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. Because I'm, I'm off Monday, so I might just catch it later that night. But I don't know. depends how I feel. I don't know if I'm going to Eric's or anything, but it's, it's going it's to be all about how I feel. I'm for sure not watching it live. I'm probably not even going to watch every match. Here's another thing that I think tells you how bad it's gotten. You could talk all you want about how, like, I think we talked about this a little bit on last week's show about the idea of Raw being live and part of the part of the benefit of having a live show is people feeling like I have to tune in because anything can happen and I don't want to miss something. Not only have they lost people watching Raw live, now they're losing losing people watching the pay-per-view live. Like, we don't even need to see the, the big monthly event live. Like, I'll just catch it later. So you don't even feel like it's must-see for the pay-per-view you're supposed to be building up to. No, because I remember, like, even two years ago, Money in the Bank, um, I was I was going on vacation the next the um the same day. Well, the next morning, I had an early flight. I was excited to watch it. Watched it live. I usually watch most of the views live. But I think did I go to Fast Lane for Eric? I thought I went to Fast Lane, but I was late. So yeah, like I don't get excited for watching these anymore. It's not even a predictability thing because. I'm always the one saying that predictability isn't a bad thing. It's all it's all about how it's executed, but there's just nothing to go off of. And I can go on and on about about what's wrong with this company right now. We did that we did that a lot last week, but there's there's no there's nothing to be really be intrigued about right now. Yeah, like I, I think we we pretty much across the board uh, agree that the only thing that we feel like I need to see this each week right now is the Bray Wyatt stuff because it's new because it's different because we have no idea where, like I have no clue what they're actually doing. It's the only thing they've done in probably a year that I'm like trying to figure out, okay, what are you trying to do? Where is this going? You could be going in this direction, in that direction. There's, I, I talk about this with, with game of Thrones. Like people will try to talk to me about it the last few weeks. And I'm like, I don't even care enough to to use my brain to try to figure any of this out. Like, whatever happens, happens. I don't care. It's how I feel about WWE. And there was a time, not that long ago, that, like, we would be talking about, like, our projections of where a story's going or, like, tangents we think it could take. 
we'd have disagreements about which way we thought a story was going to go. And now none of us care about any of the stories because there kind of aren't any. Uh, it's a shame that something that we've all had so much fun enjoying over the years has become so unenjoyable. And just, I, like, do, do you feel like you pay attention to this uh, for any other reason than, like, it's habit and you've always done it? Um, you say any other reason? Yeah. Um, no, not really. Uh, like, like, like I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, I enjoy everything that's not rolling SmackDown about WWE. And, like I said, like, the so, like everybody, the, the rest of us on social media, they're, they're fun follows. Um, the reality shows are the best writing you'll see. WWE's <laughs> um, video packages, fantastic NXT, usually hits. You know, like everything they're doing that's not Raw SmackDown and probably the pay reviews have been good. But it does become habit and repetition. But now it's just like the point where, like, I don't really watch Raw Live. I, I skim through it when I do. Um, same, same for SmackDown. And there's just nothing to go off of much anymore. Hopefully one day it turns around. Or hopefully the Elite and everybody else involved in All Elite Wrestling give us something better than what we're getting every Monday and Tuesday right now. Uh, Hopefully, maybe, you know, Jericho claimed at one time back in the late 90s that he was there to save Monday Night Raw. Maybe he (laughs) is in All Elite Wrestling to save professional wrestling as a whole. We'll see. <laughs> Obviously, we don't know that. Uh, any listener questions? Yes, we got one from Kevin Fenty. It's mainly specifically for me. Okay. And especially especially for me now since prep went night-night. Yeah. <laughs> I can actually disclose it this time. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him for that. <laughs> Growth. <laughs> so, Kevin Fenty asks, this question is mostly for Alo, but everyone can answer what are your guys' favorite Power Rangers season and favorite Power Rangers theme song? So I know do you'll you have... you have an answer for this? I do. I have a thought on this. Uh, I'll, I'll just go first because I know you'll have more to say than me. You obviously know we've talked about it before. I was, like, just a few years too old to, like, catch the, the Power Rangers thing. It was, like, a little mm-hmm. after my time. But yeah, I do are, have, you I do what, have younger 14? sisters. I was probably 14, like, just starting yeah. high school at the time. Yeah. I do have younger sisters, and uh, I know the the one five years younger than me used to watch it. So I definitely would, like, catch it in the house sometimes in high school. So I can't comment on theme songs because I, I didn't even know there was more than one. I can't comment <laughs> on seasons because I've never really watched a season. I've seen, like, a few minutes here and there. What I will say, though, is my favorite piece of music from the Power Rangers is the Green Rangers flute. (laughs) So good. (laughs) I believe I've referenced it on this show before a couple years ago. I would try to whistle it, but my mouth is super dry, and I know I can't whistle right now. (laughs) But that is my favorite uh, piece of music and the most memorable thing about the Power Rangers for me. So now I will will turn the floor over to you. And then Woods playing on the, on, uh, the trombone. That's and right. That's why I referenced it. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't notice it until you said something. Yeah. <laughs> and you texted me, and my brother texted me, wait, did he just play the Dragon Ball thing? <laughs> I was like, wait, that was, that was it. That was really it. So, um, Kevin, I'll give you my, my top five in order. So, uh, 
in space is one, two is Lost Galaxy, three is Time Force, four is MMPR Season 1, and five, Dial Thunder. And my favorite theme song is the Zeo song, which is the, which is the, the second incarnation of Halloween. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Not as good as, as I'm capable of whistling, but the best I could do right now. Uh, but I felt like it, it was owed to the show for me to at least try. <laughs> uh, and I think it sounded relatively like it. Um, it Kevin, thank you for the question. As always, uh, the international ambassador for Matt Madness. Uh, Alo, any other wrestling thoughts? No, I think we covered everything. And I, I, I got my... My, my reports out, so because <laughs> when I saw that, I popped you. Okay, I, I, I gotta break. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess that is the show. Hopefully, a show that we have very low expectations for ends up surpassing our expectations. I know that happens from time to time. If you're listening to this and you're watching Money in the Bank, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I guess that's it, Joel and Bead. I'd tell you to come on and trust the process with us, but. I'd rather you get some rest and get back in the gym and start working on your game instead of talking about wrestling with us. Uh, LeBron, I'm not even going to address you. Uh, Listen to our unsanctioned episodes. Listen to our throwback episodes. Uh, Again, please. Oh, go ahead, Alo. I forgot what I wanted to bring up about the NBA. I forgot. It was something I wanted to bring up. Did it have anything to do with the lottery or the playoffs? It was the lottery. I can't remember. Were you going to just clown on the Knicks for falling below their draft slot oh, once I, again? I, I, I can't clown them because I told you it was going to happen. Did you see the Stephen A. Smith video happen. from last night? So good. So good. Uh, no, t- today, he went off. So I good. saw I saw a few little clips today of him. He went off. <laughs> he was so mad. He is truly the best sports entertainer <laughs> in the world today. <laughs> He was so mad. Like, but, like, my brother, I, I'll take my brother. I was like, dude, the Knicks aren't good number one. They're, they're not. <laughs> it, it's the Knicks. I've been here and done that. Yeah. Uh, the A couple weeks ago, I mentioned that one of my favorite promos of all time was the HBK promo backstage right before the first Hell in a Cell. And he says during that promo, that is why I am the number one guy in this business today. And that is Stephen A. Smith. He is the number one guy in the sports entertainment business today. There is nobody better. Nobody could convince me. Anyone is a nope. better sports entertainer than Stephen A. Smith. Nope. Even when he's factually wrong, it's still great. It's better when he's factually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer it. <laughs> I love it when he's factually wrong. Um, but yes, please subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and review. For the earlier departed Josh Prepagina, for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the basement, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.